0: Good morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of the South Fork. I am Nancy Arnold, the minister, the Interim Minister with this congregation. What a wonderful day to celebrate 30 years of UU presence on the South Fork. And I want to thank you all for being here for this homecoming service. Um, we're not sure any of the old timers are here, but you're here, and that's what counts. Whether you're here for the first time, you're just visiting, or you're a longtime member, you're welcome here. Do we have any visitors this morning? I don't think we do. Nope. Okay. But everyone, I hope you'll stay for lunch and conversation and celebration after the service. I was going to suggest that we leave a microphone up so that if anyone wants to share a story from any of the days that we don't cover in this service, which God knows if we ever finish the service, we may have another story to tell. But anyway, so you may want to, we're going to have tables set up so you can eat and informally just talk about anything you would like. Um, I call your attention to the announcements printed in the insert in your order of service. Do we have any other congregation-related announcements this morning? Sue. Pam, do you have anything to to say? Pam, do you have anything, any instructions about lunch or anything? Thank you. Pam and Jean have put quite a bit of effort into making this a wonderful celebration. This congregation has a long history of shared ministry. Services are led by me two or three times a month, and the rest are led by worship associates or guest speakers. Today is a mix of both of those because it has taken the participation of a lot of people to make this homecoming event and service happen. Carl Wittenberg created the 30 Years of UUCSF slideshow that you'll see during the first message. Thank you, Carl. I'm looking forward to sitting over there to see it. And thank you to worship associates Sue Penny and Kent Martin for managing the sound and setting up and everything else that you're doing. And also to John, who at the last minute stepped in and offered to handle sound as well. So we should hear everything today with no problem. And many thanks to our different readers. Um, I forgot to write your names down, so hopefully when you stand up everyone will know who you are. Or sit down. Um, I apologize for that, but this just happened this morning. Special thanks to Jean Wisner. She organized all the newsletters and history and that was in a box. So that all I had to do was take the box with me wherever I went and sort through it. It was extremely helpful. So thank you Jean for being so organized and on top of things. And now let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship by silencing electronic devices until the service has ended. Place of peace and let its silence heal your spirit. Come into this place of memory and let its history warm your soul. Come into this place of prophecy and power and let its vision change your heart. Please join in reading the words for the lighting of the chalice as Finn lights our chalice this morning. We are a spiritual community that honors everyone's search for truth and meaning. We kindle this flame of memory and hope to celebrate the best that is within us, to be the light that shines through the darkest night. Invite you to rise in body or in spirit to sing our first hymn, number 347. We will be accompanied, I think, by a choir with that. So it should be interesting. of today stands on the shoulders of all those who played a role in this congregation's development since its inception in 1984. Though many of the faces have changed, the primary purpose for this gathering has not. The search for truth and meaning and nourishing mind and spirit continue to be the threads that make this the spiritual home that it is. Carl has prepared a slideshow for us to honor these 30 years of this congregation in the South Fork. Thank you. some of the people in those pictures thank you children uh, thank you for joining us for this part of the service we wanted you to be here for this because you're the future so someday you will be remembering 30 years of your experience here and maybe doing some of these same things so thank you for that go forth and be happy we'll sing them out with go now in peace Uh, Though many things have changed since the early days of this congregation, the caring and the sharing remains a constant. Joys, concerns, and hopes that we bring to this time and to this place allow us to be part of each other's lives and celebrate with each other joy and hold one another in care when we need it. It's through those small acts of kindness that our burdens become lighter and the goodness in our lives can become a shared blessing. You are welcome, new members. I now charge you as members of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of the South Fork to share your creative thoughts, your vital experiences of life, your questions, your doubts, your discoveries, and the principles that matter most to you. I charge you to shake us all up with your honest thinking, to stir us with your conscience, and to stimulate our hopes with your dreams.
1: Are these, are these people gathered before us, welcomed into our congregation? They are. Great rejoicing. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Another consistent quality of UUCSF is its spirit of generosity. Since the beginning, you have served the common good by reaching out to others, both within and beyond the walls of this meeting house. The basket that is passed will hold your gifts for the work that sustains this congregation and meeting house, and the bowl on the back table is for the Helping Hand Fund, which supports the congregation's work beyond these walls, and the Minister's Discretionary Fund, which assists people in need confidentially. Thank you all for your gifts of time, energy, and money that you invest in this community of faith. The morning offering will now be gratefully received.
3: For each child that's born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. For each child that's born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. For each child that's born, a morning. of our ancestors, we Father's dreamings. We are the breath of our ancestors. We
0: Let us enter into a time of silent reflection by singing Spirit of Life. Universalist tradition. Congregations gather around a shared covenant. The earliest covenant was written by our Puritan forebears and basically, briefly, it said that they agreed to work, walk together in mutual fellowship. They made it clear that the church was not the building. That was called the meeting house. The church was the people who gathered to form a congregation. Today we will recall the people who sustained this congregation over the last 30 years. The lives they shared together, the projects and events they executed form the fabric of UUCSF as we know it today. Before there was this congregation, there was another UU congregation on the South Fork. The precursor to this one, was the East End Unitarian Universalist Fellowship, which met from 1970 to 1980 at the Odd Fellows Hall in East Hampton. It disbanded due to a lack of enough year-round members to survive. Members of that fellowship included Mildred and Elizabeth Granitz, Marion Harmon, Carol Halsey Sherman, and Jackie Jackson, all of whom became part of the new congregation which formed in November 1984. Early services met in the home of Paul Rogers and his wife Kathy. By June 1985 the congregation moved to rental space at the Hampton Day School and it received its national charter from the Unitarian Universalist Association. Founders of the South Fork Unitarian Universalist Society were Paul and Kathy Rogers, Jane and Bill Chaliff, Gary Glanz, Janice and John Halsey, Linda Sherman, and Roger Smith. Paul was president, followed by Roger Smith, who served as president from 1988 to 1994. Gary Glanz was treasurer, John Halsey secretary, and Linda Sherman wrote the newsletter for a full decade, which seems to be a pattern here. Longevity in leadership positions seems to be a legacy from these founders of the congregation. Jean and her husband, Ken, were experienced UUs. They were members in Freeport before they moved here. With their children, they became totally involved in the life of the congregation. One of the first things Jean did was she volunteered to design and make a banner for the South Fork UU Society. And within months, she was already coordinating programs for the congregation. Watermill has been described as a movable feast And Jean and her family certainly were among the best of the movable feast with all of the food. New members that year included Mary Lou Hamer, whose 1994 bequest helped to balance the finances, Claire and George Wolfe, George was a longtime treasurer here, and Mildred Granitz, who immediately volunteered to revive the publicity committee to attract new members. By 1989, the annual grant of $2,000 from the Long Island Area Council, or LIAC, ended and the first pledge drive was held. Please be as generous as is comfortable for you, was the polite appeal. You had 23 pledging members and a slight deficit. Additional funds were accrued by George Wolfe's indefatigable collecting of bottles and cans a benefit dinner concert, annual tag sales, and a face-to-face canvas. Randy Becker led an adult education series on loss, death, and grief, and Jean Wisner proudly carried the UUCSF banner in the opening ceremonies at the UU General Assembly in New Haven, which was also attended by Ken Mildred and George Wolfe. Diana? In 1991, Jean Wisner started the first annual winter solstice service which continues to this day. We saw one in the slides. They used to have them on a Sunday morning as part of, or Sunday afternoon I guess, as part of the service before that, I think. At least that was my, so you established the ones at night. So, every year, Jean's solstice birthday is celebrated right here with the people who mean home to her. Jean became president and new, trustee, uh, and new trustees were elected to the board in 91 to replace Paul and Kathy Rogers and Roger Smith, who had been serving since the mid-80s. Members wrote letters opposing the Iraq war and hosted a musical event for peace. A children's concert coordinated by Donna Everts and Susan Bailey drew more than 100 children and adults. The Children's Religious Education Program focused on the principles and purposes from famous Unitarians and Universalists. An adult education series on UU awareness was offered by Randy Becker, and Allison Cornish became a member of the congregation that year. The children began 1994 with a curriculum, Celebrating Family, which explored the changing concepts of family and belonging. Then a new curriculum was introduced called Timeless Themes, which introduced the children to religious literature that is central to our culture and heritage as you use, Randy offered the adults parenting for the 90s program. A Sunday program survey revealed that most, most members preferred traditional services with sermons, and a UU minister, although most were also receptive to other options as well. Services that were most meaningful to people were inspirational or spiritual. As husband Ken went off the board, Jean Wisner went back on the board and was elected president to replace Roger Smith. The bequest from Mary Lou Hamer brought finances into balance. Membership reached 31, as new members Sue Penny, Carl and Pam Wittenberg were welcomed into the society. Sue was elected immediately to serve on the board. (laughs) (laughs) Pam agreed to make a new banner and Carl agreed to present a service on negotiating with technology thus beginning a pattern of saying yes when asked to serve. The influx of new members saw a resurgence of energy in the congregation. In 1998, adult programs flourished with such offerings as the Jesus Seminar and a science and religion series led by Stuart Lowry and Tip Brolin. Ann Beard began serving as co-editor of the newsletter, first with Ken Dorff and then with Len Davenport. New members included Charlie Coulter and Marilyn Mayer. Stu Lowry and Sue Penny were elected co-presidents when Allison stepped down a year early to attend Andover Newton Theological School. By 1999, the congregation voted to take the first step in buying land. The sale of property donated by Bill Swan for the new meeting house and a UU chalice lighter grant totaling $12,000 helped pay for the property. George Baird, long-standing finance chair, volunteered to organize a capital campaign. Now, George did many things while he was here, but the one that I hear about most frequently is his way of welcoming newcomers. How many of you were recipients of George's generous spirit, perhaps by being invited to a meal? Quite a legacy. While the congregation looked ahead to building its own meeting house, Susan Bailey, Eleanor Swan, Pam Wittenberg, George Baird, Sue Penny, And Kent Martin made sure the children were engaged in educational programs on world religions, life cycles, UU identity, and social justice issues. As Susan put it, we wanted to give their fertile minds some tools to pursue their inquiries. In 2001, this congregation received the Eugene Pickett Award, which was named for a past president of the UUA. The award honors the congregation that has most contributed to growth in our metro New York region for several years. With more members and a part-time minister whose full-time job as a captain with the Merchant Marine took him away a lot, it became important to provide more organized ways to remain connected. The Keeping in Touch Network was started to provide timely pastoral support to each other, with each networker keeping in touch with about 10 others in the congregation. The emotional and spiritual tests of September 11th made these connections even more important. A vigil was led by Marilyn Mayer, Sue Penny, and Stuart Lowry. Adult program chairs Ann Baird and Marilyn Mayer offered a series on multiculturalism followed by the UUA program Journey Toward Wholeness that focused on anti-racism efforts. The congregation approved the final version of the design for the new meeting house. More than half of the estimated cost, $800,000, had already been raised. The ceremonial groundbreaking for the new meeting house took place and the congregation welcomed new members Myrna Truitt and Louis Frazier. In 2002, Marilyn Mayer became co-president with Stuart Lowry at a time when it became clear that Chris McMahon's tenure as minister was tenuous. We began a process of discernment to prepare for a search for a new minister. Meanwhile, adult programs explored social differences with class in America. The congregation passed a resolution against so-called preemptive strikes in Iraq and gathered along Montauk Highway before Sunday services holding up anti-war posters, high, Several of us marched to Washington against the war. Bill Dalsimer, Diana Lindley, and Carol Mason signed the membership book. A midsummer night scene gala was held at Channing Daughters Winery. Organizers for the first of three fundraiser galas for the new meeting house included Michael O'Neill, Grania Brolin, and Bill Dalsimer. Bill must have found his niche because he has chaired or co-chaired or captained Several more galas since then. With the dedication of the Meeting House in 2006, President Mark Ewald expressed his hope that the Meeting House would be a symbol of diversity and multi-faith understanding, serving the community as a magnet for liberal fellowship and spiritual community. It certainly was a magnet for new members. That year, Don Schmitz, John Andrews, Ingrid Krinka. Margaret Polkingham, Hilary Helfont, Martha and Mark Potter all signed the membership book and involved themselves in leadership, arts, worship, and newsletter editing. In response to requests for more diverse music in our services, a music coordinator was hired in 2009. At its annual meeting, the congregation voted to become a welcoming congregation. Chris Epifania served as president, and Mark Ewald was finance committee chair. Thomas Taylor's memorial service was held in June. The Rainbow School took up residency in the lower level of the meeting house, and Ruth Jacobson's wall collage was installed. To create sacred outdoor space that enhanced the living environment around the meeting house, a landscaping and site beautification committee was formed. Members included Jane Gray, Mark Ewald, Ingrid Krinka, Ruth Jacobson, Margaret Logan, Charlene Murphy, and Jim Thurman. A futures team, chaired by Sue Penny, was convened, and we welcomed Sarah Gordon as a new member. In an amazingly swift progression, planning for the Memorial Garden began in May 2010. Work on it started in July, and the garden was completed and blessed in September. I think that may be the fastest thing you folks have ever done. (laughs) Bill Dalsimer, Chris Epifani, Mark Ewald, and Mark Potter met with Terry Sweetser, the development director at the UUA in Boston, and the Futures team made recommendations for, well, the future. (laughs) In 2011, John Andrews was president with Mark Potter in line for succession. Paul Berman kicked off a successful campaign to pay off the mortgage. A standing on the side of love service was held and Carol Holstein and Larry Darcy became members. By 2012, the mortgage was paid off. Several members, including the Potters, traveled to the new London congregation to learn about its strategies for successful growth. The Children's Garden was started, as was the Caregiver's Support Group. UUCSF issued a gun control statement with the local synagogue and participated in a demonstration against DOMA. Ken Etlinger was welcomed as a new member. Before Allison's departure in 2013, the congregation welcomed new members Arden Edwards and Tina Guglielmo. In August, the congregation hosted Allison's Farewell Service and Party, and in September, we began our interim ministry together. And today we gladly welcomed Sylvia Baruch and Carolyn Bistrian as our newest members. Though the reflections of the last few years are a bit more sketchy, it seemed important to show you the progression of leaders and members that you may not have known who brought UUCSF to where it is today. Besides, I've now had more than a year to work with all of you, so I know how much you do and how well you do it. Most of you wear several hats, and you modestly go about your service without much notice. But thanks are due to all of you. So I would like to ask the board members to please stand up as you are able. And please remain standing. Please please stay standing, if you can. Will the Finance Committee members please rise? All the worship associates, as you're able, raise your hand. <laughs> Religious education, child and adult, John's already standing, So and Sue's already standing, and Kent's already standing. All those involved in social action. Sylvia, you better be standing up. Art. Building and grounds. stewardship, helping hand fund, communications, and fellowship. Now look around and give yourself a big hand of applause. And I just realized I forgot to mention the transition team, some of whom are sitting in the last row. You all deserve a lot of credit, especially during this time of transition and uncertainty. Know that this will be your legacy to this congregation for future generations. You can be really proud of what you've accomplished. And it's on this legacy that you will build your future. So be it. We will now join in singing hymn number 145 as Tranquil Streams. Please rise in body or in spirit. as you usually do, if you wish. Let's recite the words as we extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the fire of truth, the warmth community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. Blessed are those who yearn for deepening more than escape, who are not afraid to grow in spirit. Blessed are those who take seriously the bonds of community, who regularly join in celebration and learning, who come as much to minister as to be ministered unto. Blessed are those who bring their children, who invite their friends to come along, to join in fellowship, service, learning, and growth. Blessed are those who support the congregation and its work, by their regular, sustained, and generous giving, and who give of themselves no less than their money. Blessed are those who know that the congregation is often imperfect, yet rather than harbor feelings of anger or disappointment, bring their concerns and needs to the attention of the church leaders. Blessed are those who, when asked to serve, do it gladly, who realize that change is brought about through human meeting, who do the work of committees, and who stay till the end. Blessed are those who speak their minds in meetings, who can take and give criticism, who keep alive their sense of humor. Blessed are those who know that the work of the congregation is the transformation of society, who have a vision of beloved community transcending the present, and who do not shrink from controversy, sacrifice, or change. Blessed are you, indeed. Blessed be.
4: the light of days remembered burns a beacon bright and clear guiding hands and hearts and spirits into faith set free from fear when the fire of commitment sets our mind and soul ablaze when our hunger and our passion meet call us on our way when we live with deep assurance of the flame that burns within then our promise finds fulfillment and our future can be